Record Shop is a digital collectible platform for music NFTs on the Flow blockchain. Hey fam, this is Redbird here from the Record Shop community team, and I am happy to welcome you to our podcast. We are sharing our live content here so you can stay up to date. Subscribe or follow now to keep up. Today's episode is a recording from an October 2022 Twitter Spaces with myself, Nick from the Disco Fries, and co-hosted by Finn the Cat and Spicy Tuneroll from Amp NFT with our guest, Mike from Dimension X, which is a blockchain play-to-earn game. We learned a little bit about all three projects, talk about how the music and gaming industries can be disrupted by Web3, and how that's being perceived by people in the industry, and then we kind of go on a tangent, imagining a Web3 music game using stems. Hope you enjoy this conversation. All right, so let's do the quick lowdown of what we're going to talk about today, and then we'll dive right into it. So we're here today with Amp NFT and with Dimension X, and I'm so excited to talk with them and learn more about their project. Um, but I'll introduce, I'll start by introducing Record Shop and who I am. Uh, my name is Redbird. I'm the community manager and in the marketing team at Record Shop. And uh, Record Shop is a digital collectible platform for music NFTs. Um, we've mainly focused on electronic music artists, but we are starting to expand that. Um, and it's getting pretty exciting some of the stuff that we've been building to make it self-serve for artists so I'm really excited to dive into what we've been doing lately um, and update everyone but I would love to pass it over to some of the other people who we have up here as speakers um, I'll start by passing it over to Nick who's on the Disco Fries account um, then let's do Amp NFT and then Dimension X so if everybody can give the quick overview of um, what project you're here representing other than Nick because I, I already did that for Record Shop but what project you're here representing who you are and then um, we'll dive a little bit more into the conversation Nick. Thanks so much, Lisa. Hey, team. Finn, it's great to see you here, as always, and to hear your voice. Thanks for coming on. I know it's early. Uh, I hope you have coffee in hand. Uh, I'm Nick from the Disco Fries. Been a part of Record Shop now since the beginning. Uh, an investor in the Record Shop, also artist strategist, and on the Disco Fries side as an artist. And uh, we did our Friends of Fries drop. Uh, a few months ago, it was super successful, sold out, uh, still delivering a ton of utility and airdrops on that drop, uh, and really excited to further engage with the Web3 community and also all the Web2 fans that we've brought over uh, that were existing fans of ours that have now become digital collectors of our content. Uh, and we're going to be, well, we're currently working on our album and uh, planning a big Web3 rollout around that. Uh, so it's going to be living in Web 2 on the Spotify's and Pandora's and Apple Music's of the world in, in some capacity. And then obviously we're doing a much deeper dive in Web 3 on the album. So anyway, really excited about the technology, really excited to be here and, uh, of course, be a part of Record Shop. Over to Finn. Hey, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the handover, man. And good to hear you guys' voices again. It's been few weeks since I've caught up with you guys, um, Lisa and Nick, uh, and, and of course, Mike, who's also up on stage with us from Dimension X. Uh, just a little bit about um, us. We're Amp NFT. We are a new NFT media company. We've, we've been hobbyists, um, 
hobbyists, you know, content creators for the last year and stuff. And we're trying to take it a little bit more seriously now. And so we are kind of in the process of just um, rolling out a few features and stuff like that. And we've got a website which you can go and check out, which is www.ampnft.xyz. Uh, but yeah, we're um, our mission in this space is to amplify Web3 and kind of connect uh, people with projects and um, help people in the space find new projects and cross-pollinate communities. And uh, yeah, so that's what's brought us here today. And shout out to Redbird and Nick and the Amp- uh, sorry the Record Shop team for um, inviting us uh, once a month to come and do this with you guys. We really appreciate the. Uh, the offer and uh, it's hell of a lot of fun to talk with you guys. So thanks. Uh, over to Mike. Hey, thanks for the intro. I'm Mike. I'm the CEO of Cryptulu. Cryptulu is a game development studio in Web3. Uh, our first game is Dimension X. It's a free to play, play and earn uh, role playing game on the Flow blockchain. You can collect superheroes and put them on a grid, deal damage, earn Thule, compete against other players, and mint new heroes in the game. We just are about to kick off our Halloween event where you can mint a unique hero type in-game. We've seen a bunch of people minting that already. And then there's also a big boss that's going to be run into the end of the month. Um, Veteran game developers really focused on day one utility. I think we have that in common with Record Shop for sure. Like We really want to make sure that the things that we're working on work out of the box there's a game for it there's immediate impactful utility for it we are really passionate about community management and being responsible and responsive to our community i think we've done a pretty good job of that so far really cool to meet you all and thanks for having me here awesome and spicy tuna roll welcome do you want to say a couple Uh, words to introduce yourself you made it (laughs) you made it buddy I was like chewing a pretzel and I was like almost choking it down. When <laughs> but yeah, I hope it was um, chocolate covered, bro. <laughs> no. <laughs> Man, that's so good. Uh, yeah. Um, my name's Spicy Tuna Roll, coming from the AMP side. And I'm actually like a really close relationship with the record shop crew and working with all of these guys and super awesome kind of jumping on spaces. Like, like Finn said, once a month having these like cool kind of, you know, group meetings. I work full time in the Web3 space, so I see all different sides of it too from my end. And it's just super exciting to be able to jump in and, and talk shop with these guys. So great to meet y'all. Awesome. So today I'm thinking, let's talk about what's been going on uh, in all of our respective projects, what we've been working on, what we've been building, kind of update our communities. And also since we're cross-pollinating and there's some new faces here that I haven't seen before, um, and I'm sure the same for Dimension X and AMP, um, we can kind of give everybody a good overview of what we do at each of our projects. And then we can dive into... Um, how we're disrupting our respective industries um, because there's a lot of opportunity in Web3 and there's just, uh, I think we've always said this, but it's basically limited only to what we can imagine, what we can execute. So I'd love to hear where focuses are from everyone's uh, projects as well. Um, So here at Record Shop, you know, we've been really, really focused on our artists onboarding process um just for some background for us when we first started 
artist onboarding was very uh, like handpicked, um, very heavy process. Uh, I might actually pass this over to Nick if you're okay talking a little bit about what the process was um, kind of earlier on and how it was as an artist. And um, because Nick, you've have been, you've seen kind of both sides and you're on that artist uh um, I'm blanking on the word now, but you're, you do really help artists come in and, and drop on record shops kind of since really early days. So I'd love to hear what, how you've seen that grow and, um, where we've moved from and how we're moving forward. Yeah, sure. It's, uh, kind of hard for me to find like the starting point. Cause I feel like, uh, when I came into record shop, it wasn't even a thing yet. Um, you certainly couldn't create your own collectibles and um really it was just an arbitrary idea that you know everybody was kind of talking about doing um but nobody had really done yet um but then once artists started dropping and record shops started developing their own packs it was a really cumbersome process of putting together a collectible sourcing the music figuring out the artwork uh you know figuring out the mint count um and it was all done in a in an excel file and it was just it was really uh, daunting for a lot of people, including myself. Um, and I'll be honest, like we kind of, after we came onto the platform, we kind of sat back for a while and watched what was working. Um, and part of that worked against us because of the market and the market timing. Like when we did our pack drop, it literally was like the week that the bear market hit in a really big way, bad way. Um, and, and had we done it a lot sooner, into you know early record shop days it probably we probably could have done a much higher mint count and been even more successful um that said it was really important for us to understand the process um and luckily because i had like an insider view on the process of how it worked i was able to just get a deeper understanding of like what those numbers should be what the mint count should be what the market could handle um how we should use artifact cards to our advantage, how we should use some of the mechanisms on the site, like burning and mixing, um, which we can get into some of some of that here and talk about how that all works. Um, but I really wanted to take advantage of all the features. But I'd say for me coming in, I w none of that would have been possible if I didn't have like an intimate understanding of it. So I basically needed to take all of that information to develop our pack. But then once I did that for our pack, taking all that information again and explaining it to artists was really challenging because 99% of artists don't even understand what web three is, let alone all the features of record shop and how to mint a collectible. So all of that said, um, we're to a really good place now. I feel like with the website and RCS, which is like the back end creator suite for artists where it's super streamlined. It's similar to like a distro kid or a SoundCloud or other, or, or Bandcamp, other sites that artists are already familiar with working on and platforms they already know. Uh, it mimics that kind of process to create a collectible. And it's a much more sustainable way for an artist to create. Um, and it's frankly a much more sustainable way for, for Record Shop to grow because the old process just was not, it was not built for scalability. Um, so I'm happy that we're to a much better place now and a pretty short window of time uh that we've got there so i hope that answers your question but yeah i guess in the, the short form of all that is that it was very difficult and now it's much much easier thank god 
<laughs> yeah, always building for that. So I'd love to hear from AMP, kind of what has your evolution been since uh, I think uh, you started a few weeks or a week right after Record Shop. So how has your evolution been as a content um, platform? Oh, I love the question, Lisa. Well, because I, from me, like uh, this is a collector's point of view, first and foremost, I basically just came to make content because I fell in love with the platform and I had been thinking about doing it. So, like, just being hobbyists, really, um, uh, at the start and kind of working with you guys and forming relationships and stuff like that with the artists has been really cool and that's something that, you know, we kind of continued throughout uh, the last year was building relationships through um, the interviews, the podcasts and stuff like that and just connecting with people that we wouldn't usually get to connect with. And so that, that's been really special. And over that time, we kind of, um, I, I lost some running mates and I gained some running mates. So uh, first and foremost, sorry, I don't know that I formally introduced myself. I'm Finn. I'm the founder of Vamp NFT. And so it all kind of started with my podcasts. Uh, I just one day decided that I wanted to do, um, I wanted to make content. Uh, I'd seen some of my friends do it and they do it really well. And I thought, you know, I'll be able to do that. It's easy. Actually, it isn't easy, man. <laughs> like to anyone out there, it's very time consuming. It's um, completely the opposite of easy. You need a broad range of skills and you need um, quite a bit of uh, like gear. So like if, if you've got the money to be able to do it, sweet you can get away with doing on a budget it's kind of um it does work it just uh you won't, might not be able to achieve the kind of you know professional level that you thought you might be at the start but as with anything you can build upon that um but like for us the evolution has been from going from hobbyist into more of a wanting to do this and uh, participate as a as like you know a proper company and and so what what we're what we're doing at the moment is we're working on um, some kind of promotional packages and, and stuff like that that we might be able to roll out to um, customers. Um, at the moment, like we're, we're in a position where we uh, don't have many following uh, followers. Uh, just a little backstory on that. We, we had um, just under a thousand followers prior to um, prior to our first anniversary birthday. And um, just the TLDR on that, what happened was I changed the birthday on the AMP account um, to one year instead of my actual birthday. And then it violated the terms and conditions of Twitter's uh, usage agreement. So then I got locked out uh, for forever um, and Twitter has <laughs> no help there. So I was stuck. Uh, I couldn't recover my account. And every time I tried to recover my account using their steps, it was like stuck in this weird loop where I'd go in the cycle with this and, oh, well, you need to click on here to recover your account. So I click on there and then it would be like, well, no, your account's been locked, so you can't. And I'm just like, okay. So here we are. We started fresh. Um, and it kind of, I don't know, it symbolizes like a, a new beginning for us anyway. Um, so along with that, we launched a website where we're managing our content and um, we've got um, all, all the links embedded in there. And, uh, we, yeah, look, we're, we're looking to continually improve. At the moment, we've got four content creators. Um, 
and some of us kind of do crossover between articles, podcasts, and then hosting this. So like, for instance, myself, I'll do all of the aspects. I'll write articles. I'll be up here on the host on podcasts. And then I'll also co-host um, these spaces. Spicy Tuna, he writes articles and he's um, works on our website and does other back-end stuff, but then also appears as a co-host on these kind of things. Um, so like, we, we have a few different people doing different roles and that's kind of cool. Um, but at, at the end of the day, we're all still, we all still have other jobs. So we're all doing this out of the love for NFTs and the, um, the, the passion for the space. So, um, that's kind of what we're up to. And we've got some of our, um, oh, we've got another member of the, of the team, Last Ravens in the audience. He's, um, he's another, um, he's another uh, person who writes articles for us. And um, he's got a really cool um, relationship with uh, you guys at Record Shop as well. He's a mod over there, just like I am. And, um, yeah, he's been an avid collector, and he's, like, one of the pillars of the community. So for us to have him on board has been really cool. Um, obviously, Spicy Turner working with you guys as well. So we're kind of, like, we're kind of almost like an extension of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but um with that said we have been working a lot with mike and dimension x lately so and that's been really cool and we're really excited about what they can offer with the game and so we um we're looking to further work with them so we're working on a proposal package for them and yeah so that's kind of what we're up to and in the last kind of few months and then we've got a more broadly over the last 12 months that's awesome. Yeah, I <laughs> when you just said, oh, I feel like we're extended part of your family, it just made me smile because I feel the same way. Um, but I do want to ask Mike, um, you know, I, uh, my understanding is Dimension X was fairly a, a fairly recent mint. Um, so you're coming into the NFT ecosystem sort of fresh. Uh, what is it that you're trying to disrupt with your platform? Uh, I I can talk more about what Record Shop is trying to disrupt, but um, I'd love to hear from Dimension X point of view how you're taking gaming and how you're going to utilize that blockchain technology to bring a better experience to people. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't I don't know that we're disruptive for the sake of being disruptive. I think we're disruptive because if something doesn't make sense to us as a team, we don't do it. Um, I think I related super hard to uh, what the first speaker was saying around timing in the NFT market. Um, so like, you know, when we were first getting into Web3 and building the game, it didn't, like Web3 made no sense to me. There were projects that had zero utility, um, projects that, that seemed to be terrible in terms of execution, but also in terms of team background, and they were selling out, minting out like crazy. I didn't get it. And I felt like, oh, man, I'm missing something critical about Web3. Turns out the thing that I was missing is that we're in a massive speculative bubble. Um, so <laughs> like when the, when the storm blew through and a lot of those bad actors got worked out, we were left kind of feeling that we had a much better sense of what people were looking for in the market. Um, and we followed that compass since. So... In terms of the stuff that we're doing that's different from other projects out there, we didn't do a pre-sale. Um, so the game was available on the day that you got your NFTs um, for 
gaming NFTs, that that's like the most controversial thing you could do. There are still projects that have spent millions of dollars that are waiting to see any game at all, let alone a fully launched game that's not in beta. Um, so we were really passionate about making the game and shipping it on the date that our NFTs came out, because otherwise, why do you have the NFTs? If you can't play with them in the game, what's the point? Um, so that was number one. Number two is, you know, you can earn a token in our game. This is another, I guess this is another area that we're very different from other people in the space. Most of the feedback and learning that I had around tokenomics in Web3 was that you make a token, um, you um, allow people to earn it in the game, and then when the price gets high, all the developers and investors that hold most of the token dump them on the market at a premium, and then the player base uh, is on the receiving end um, and buys up all that supply, but then the token price never recovers, right? Um, the developers and investors make a lot of money, but players get the shaft. Um, so that's something we said, yeah, that seems like shit. <laughs> We're not going to do that. Uh, so what we ended up doing was we created a token. We're never going to buy it. We're never going to sell it. We're not pri providing liquidity for it. You can earn it in game. You can uh, list it and sell it to other folks, hopefully in about a week or two's time. Um, but we're not like there's no upside for the team. It's entirely a player benefiting and player facing token that we created for the game. I think more broadly, um, the two things that drove us to Web3 in the first place, which I guess could be considered uh, disruptive, was I'm tired of platforms. Um, I think you guys in music relate to this harder than even game developers do. But having like single platforms define the fate of every game developer on the planet, right? There's like four, there's two stores on console, two stores on PC, um, two stores on mobile that control the fate of every game developer on the entire planet. Like that is wildly problematic in more ways than I can articulate in the space that I have to talk here. Um, I think you see the same kind of consolidation and nonsense in music and in music ownership. And I think disrupting that is like, it, it just makes sense, right? That if you've ever been on the receiving end of decisions made by monolithic platforms that don't give a shit about you, um, you know how horrible it can be. So I'm, I'm thrilled to disrupt that by not being there anymore. And then finally, um, <clears throat> I'm also happy to disrupt free-to-play games. Uh, free-to-play games right now, you know, it's not out of the question to go and play a game right now on your phone where you can spend up to $100,000 and have nothing to show for it. Um, if, if you don't think that's a problem, um, then I don't know what to tell you. Like that, It's massively problematic that you could, not only are major companies in the United States feeling justified to sell that volume of, um, uh, of digital asset to someone, they're justified in making you not own it. You're just renting it. So you're paying $100,000 to rent it. I'm speaking specifically about Diablo Immortal here, but the same case across every free-to-play game on the planet. Um, if we can have a small, small role in disrupting that model, I think, um, I think I'd be pretty happy and proud of the team. So yeah, that's what we're doing. Uh, that is mind-boggling to me. I'm not a huge... Um, like gamer, but I do have <laughs> some free to play mobile games that I don't spend a ton of money on, um, or basically no money on, but I had never really thought of it that way that 
you know, for any of those games that people do buy skins or assets for that you basically don't get to own that. Like if that company ever shuts down, like it's goodbye all of that time and, and money that you put into it. That's wild. Um, wow. <laughs> Lisa, uh, Lisa, uh, can I just say on that, I wrote a piece about um, Web3 Gaming and how that's going to change the landscape. And I encourage anyone to jump on our website, ampnft.xyz, and have a read of that article because it, it goes over some of the reasons why I believe that um, <laughs> the way that the NFTs and the technology integrate with gaming is just so, it just makes so much sense on, on so many levels. But um, sorry, I just wanted to show my article there. <laughs> no, I'm glad you did. Yeah, I just pinned it in this Twitter space and uh, we'll try to remember to throw a link in for the podcast as well so you can read it right there. Um, it's really interesting to me that uh, and like obviously the reason I think we're all here is that ownership component as a fan, like for us, it's for fans, music fans, um, in Dimension X case for gamers and people who are playing these games. Um, I would love to hear from um, whether it's Disco Fries or Dimension X, just the how have you been finding that mind shift as an artist, as a creator of games on giving away that ownership and how it is that um, whether you're talking to artists who are artists or creators who have been in this space for forever and they don't know another way. So it's really tough to wrap their head around. Or are you seeing a lot of people picking up this concept really quickly and saying, Oh hell yeah, that's so freaking cool. And they're wanting to dig into it more. I'm just curious. What, what are you hearing kind of in this industry? I'm going to throw it to uh, Dimension X first on this because I'm I, I have moving thoughts that are ever changing. It's almost like weekly, so I, I definitely want to hear Dimension X first. Yeah, um, so it's a good question, um, and it's I think it's challenging, right? Like we do, we're we're doing marketing right now to attract people on Web two to try and play Web three games, and getting folks to get into the mindset of you know, you should own your property if it's digital or otherwise, you can feel, you can kind of feel people being really resistant to the idea at first. I think probably because Web3 and NFT has been filled with so many scams that everyone kind of paints with this broad brush or assumption that what you're trying to do is scam them out of something. So overcoming that, that, that kind of doubt is, is, has been a challenge for us. Like, we did a post a few weeks back where um, I was like, "Hey, come check out, come check out Dimension X." It was a Facebook, you know, insult campaign, and like the only comment on it was like, "Hey, why don't you suck my balls?" And it was like, "Okay, well, yep, thank you for the feedback." <laughs> so <laughs> it was simultaneously one of the most popular uh, posts that we put on Twitter. So I'll thank that guy later for my for his content. So wait, and when you say that, <laughs> do you mean from like the players are feeling? that sketchiness or it's like game developers oh game developers hate it um so you know a player like prospective players from web 2 who are totally comfortable with the exploitative free-to-play model look with a hard side eye at web 3 right now if you're like hey it's a cool game you can play it for free and you can earn these nfts they're like what's the catch and i'm like there's no fucking catch man and like well but but what are you trying to do and i'm like i'm not trying to do anything 
and just making a game for you to play and you can own stuff in it. And then when you're done playing it, you could sell the NFTs or keep them as collectibles or whatever. It's still a year to call. So there's, there's skepticism on that from a game development standpoint. Oh, baby. Like, uh, I do GDC every year, which is the game developer conference. And one of the interesting interactions I have is talking to other developers and saying, Hey, um, I'm working in Web3 games now, so if you don't want to meet with me, you should let me know. Because there's a huge amount of stigma attached to folks who have made the decision to get into Web3. They think that it's a scam or that we're taking advantage of people or that you know I personally am like introducing massive carbon sinks into the environment and destroying the planet. Um, I think Finn has some contributions to make here, but yeah, it's, it's an uphill battle. To yeah, that go for point, Finn. Oh, Finn, sorry. Go ahead, Finn. No, no, it's spicy tuna. I, I, cool. I talk all the time, man. You jump in. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, to that point, something that's like so interesting is we, you know, looking at Flow Blockchain, where both Record Shop and Dimension X are, are, are built on, it's been a green blockchain since day one, and it still gets the same stigma of like, you guys are literally burning down all the trees around you. And while I live in Seattle and literally all the trees around us are burning down because it's massive, like it's so smoky outside, it's not even funny. Like literally it's crazy. I imagine that smoke is way worse than a Dimension X transaction, but that's fine. People can still hate NFTs all they want. Um, but what's so crazy is like, that's not distinct just to gaming. That same kind of hatred of NFTs, you know, it's something that's synonymous with like Reddit posts. It's very common that Reddit just hates NFTs. And What's so interesting is cryptocurrencies really were born from that, you know, part of the internet. And that's where I got into Bitcoin early on. And why it's so interesting is like, it became like a hatred thing. And like gaming is just as like, you know, vile and toxic of that. But gaming has like their own considerations. And I, and I honestly think that Web3 has become a straw man, unfortunately. Like gaming has issues from like voice actors not being paid enough money to microtransactions and other factors that are literally like, people get addicted to that like a lottery and what they're calling web three is like the straw man. Like, well, at least we're not burning the earth, but we're literally underpaying uh, great artists and, and content creators and even streamers. And instead, you know, at least we aren't burning the earth down is like the argument they make. And, and it's like, they've kind of brainwashed their own user group to think that that's actually what's happening. And I think as we get along with more and more like, you know, that negativity becomes kind of washed out by like positivity. We're seeing a lot of the major gaming developers come into the space and, and do things. I work with a lot of different IP and I can tell you that a lot of this big IP that was very sensitive to Web3 has kind of said, you know, the hell with it. We like this space. We're going to embrace it. And that's what they've done. And I think for you guys, like you're going to have a lot of hatred early on to the gaming space. But at a certain point, those like very small minority voices are going to start to sound ridiculous as their points start to get more and more, you know, moot, basically. Um, but from you guys, and obviously you've seen this from like your Facebook comments, but do you see a lot of performance from those different uh, social media you know, networks? I, I know what you guys posted about Facebook, you're going to mention X. You posted about like your Facebook post and stuff. And I think I commented on it and said, you know, 98% of all Web3 conversations happen on Twitter. Do you guys run Twitter ads and do you see the same hatred? I imagine there might be some difference there, but let me know from the Dimension X side. Yeah, um, we are doing Google Play AdWords right now and Facebook performance ads. Both kind of look like crap. Um, Twitter ads, 
we, uh, you may not know this, but it's against, at least it was against when we did a drop back in November. It's against the terms of service on Twitter to run ads uh, that are pointed to NFTs because they look at them as financial instruments because they're cavemen. You should uh, be able to re credential. Actually, I just don't the other day. You should be able to requalify yourself as a. They do take crypto NFTs now, as long as you qualify under specific parameters, um, like ERC seven twenty one tokens, and you have to put them with details. I think last November they were big sticklers for it, but you should, might be able to requalify and contact them and actually get ads. I'm saying that as someone who's about to run Twitter ad campaigns for a major platform launch. That's which great. is which is pretty cool. So you might check check that and like it might help you a little bit. Yeah, if they uh, if they didn't ban our account from ever running ads on it ever, uh, <laughs> then then I would totally go down that avenue. Uh, but Mike, you know, Mike, yeah. just don't change the birthday on your account, and you'll be fine. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna say Finn, one year old Finn over here. But yeah, uh, long story short, like I, I think it's an uphill battle, but I also think like. I don't know. When I first got into free-to-play games, I heard all the same crap. When I first got into Facebook games, I heard all the same crap, right? With Facebook games, it was like, women are never going to play games. Why would they ever do it? On mobile games, it was, nobody's going to play games on their phone. The screen's so small. That's so dumb. Everybody wants to sit down at a console or a PC and play games. Now, with with free-to-play games, it was like, oh, they're a scam and you're just taking advantage of people. It's just a giant Skinner box where you're creating situations where people feel compelled to spend money. So it's all, I'm used to this kind of nonsense from people and lack of critical thinking. I don't think it's unique to games. I think it's an endemic problem with people. Sorry, man. I was just going to say, I, I wonder how much of that is just a pushback against change. You know, I mean, the same thing. I remember the, in the nineties, you know, with internet and, People <laughs> had a massive pushback against all sorts of stuff. And look where the technology has taken us. It's taken us to Web3 now, you know, and it's, it's just cycles on repeat as far as I can see. And, and there's always going to be people scared of the unknown, scared of change and, and the late adopters and the early adopters. And luckily for us, we're in the latter group. So rock on. Yeah, it's interesting, like, this same, this topic came up when I was down at NFT Nashville, and, like, everybody was talking about the same thing with the negativity around the space, and how do we shift that and change that, and obviously, like, projects like Dimension X and projects that deliver, ultimately, are going to be the things that change that, um, and I, my personal belief is it's also bigger companies getting in the space whether or not you want to participate with those companies if you're a web3 artist or developer is another conversation but bigger organizations banks regulation all of this getting involved in the space is going to further legitimize it no matter what and people who are into the tech and and early adopters that are traditionalist and want to stay pure about it they can do that but um, to say that, you know, to push back against that one, I don't think it, I think it's that's just a losing battle uh, because there's far too much money in this space now to push back against those entities getting involved. Um, and two, ultimately, like that's what drives mass adoption, which is what we all want. We all want this space to be legitimized and recognized and seen in a light that is positive, um, but it won't get there until those things happen. Um, so going back to Dimension X, though, for a second. Uh, 
I am curious about like the music component into gaming because I think that there is a real opportunity for music artists um, to also earn fair compensation through Web3 driven gaming. Um, you know, sync deals traditionally for uh, for games are pretty lucrative, but they're few and far between. They're hard to compete for. Uh, they're really hard for music artists to break into. Uh, where do you see that space going? Uh, on, on like the, just the music side and like the sound design side of things? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I haven't spent too much time thinking about it. Um, I think ultimately like <clears throat> sound, uh, like SFX and music in games kind of falls into the category of UI and UX in games. And as much as UI and UX is typically noticed in any kind of digital property when you're doing something wrong, not when you're doing something right. Um, so if you have amazing UI and UX, nobody talks about it. They just use your product. If you have amazing music, nobody mutes their phone. They just listen to the music in the game while you're playing it, or they listen to the sound effects for the game while you're playing it, right? There's a visceral feedback loop that happens there, but it's, it's rare that you get a lot of feedback for it. We've gotten some really positive feedback on the tracks that we've used in Dimension X. We're working on making more in terms of like, compensating artists fairly for track usage. Um, I think that the template for that to work would be something like, you know, the first person that comes up with like a guitar hero version um, or a similar like music playing game where music is such like a critical component of the backbone of the game. I think that's when you'll start seeing artist royalties really take form and take shape. And you'll see compensation structures change dramatically as a result of folks like buying song kits, playing song kits and using song kits. I also think that you need to see the adoption of different types of NFT models to afford that kind of change, right? Like the, the current model of like, I buy it, I get the rights forever. Maybe some royalties go back to the artists. Like, I don't know how well that would work with something like a Guitar Hero style game, but I think that there's something interesting there in terms of digital ownership that's fractional um, or digital ownership that's like rent to own that could be really interesting with, with music as well. I know some of my favorite albums get played on rotation dozens of times. Um, it's certainly been the case with like the new War on Drugs album for me, which I love. That's a super interesting concept and uh, actually brings me to something that I'm sure Finn can speak on. When we did our drop, uh, you know, some of the collectibles did have stems in them. And one of the things he brought up to me was, hey, I'm not a music producer. Like, what the hell am I going to do with these stems? So, um, you know, there's plenty of collectors that have hit us that have nothing to do with music production that love having the stems and love going through them and seeing what each individual component of the track are. But at the end of the day, like, can they use them where where it gets interesting with what you're talking about is like well say they buy those digital that digital collectible with those stems with that they then can move it over to some kind of game which uses that as the backbone like a guitar hero style game and since they have the stems they're able to unlock that track within the game and play um i think that that type of crossover technology and use case really gets interesting but I, i'm curious of finn's thoughts on this since he isn't a music producer like how that how how the use of stems and, and gamification uh would be compelling for him 
Well, first of all, I love this idea from both of you guys. I think you guys need to make that game, and I'll help you guys market it. Like, that's Let's some go. sick shit, man. That's <laughs> legit. Go. Like, can you imagine, like, <clears throat> like <laughs> Cryptolo Studios making, like, that kind of record shop style game, or, you know, collaborating with you guys, where they use the stems from what you guys have done from the artist cards. And so, like, when you upload your... Um, you know, you, you log in and connect your wallet and then it knows what stem you can use to create a song in the game or whatever and, you know, blah, 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 blah. We all know how Guitar Hero goes or whatever, Drum Hero or whatever it is. DJ Hero. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, DJ Hero. <laughs> of course, with the stems. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a um, string, string musician, so I don't think like that, but I should think like that. Um, but yeah, no, that, that sounds fascinating. And uh, like the, the use of stems in that way, like I, I've seen one other platform do something similar, but it wasn't, uh, it was Soundman and where they had it, like they had their own, like very basic digital audio workstation on their platform where you could go in and you could connect your wallet and you could essentially like program like, um, like you could with a beat, um, beat machine or whatever, drum machine you could program your stems into a into a song essentially and and play it out uh so i did see that but like the guitar hero version or the dj hero version of that just would be next level that'd but, be um, pretty interesting it's like a play to learn model yeah, of, yeah well like, i mean if you want to get so, into djing you want to uh, get into uh, creating uh, your own music that'd be so cool well, totally, totally. Lisa, there's there's currently, like, if you're learning guitar or something like that, there's multiple different applications out there. We um, we had two applications where you can just go on and um, use your phone and listen to what you're playing, and it will comment on your timing of your accuracy and all that kind of stuff and, you know, whether you're hitting the right notes and stuff. And it will give you a score, and it gamifies learning the guitar for those who maybe struggle with having that patience or whatever. So... I don't know, maybe you could, you know, rip a whole <laughs> a whole bunch of ideas out of that um, and continue. But I, I love that idea, being able to use the actual stems or use the music from you guys to create this whole other thing, which is, I guess, uh, I, like, I don't know, Lisa, is that on, has that been on the cards for Record Shop? Um, I kind of feel like it, it has been where you guys have kind of, like, heading towards us being able to make your own song is it is that is there any truth to that uh i think there was talk about that with the mixer and that mixing feature that we have where you can take two cards and kind of mash them together i will say that has taken a pretty big back burner most of our um play features quote unquote like our gaming features that we started with they've taken a little bit of a back burner as we are building out this onboarding so we can with the thought that we can spend more time or sorry less time hand-holding artists and let them kind of do that themselves then we can spend more time on building out the platform so that's that's probably a ways out but we definitely have thought about that and I remember um there was a Japanese uh nft music nft platform and I'm totally blanking on their name right now but we have them on spaces uh, quite a while back, I don't know, Andrew. Maybe you remember, but um, we oh, collecting, uh, yeah, collecting, yes, yeah, something. Yeah, like they do like they do like K-pop and stuff on Flow, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's collecting. Yeah, collecting. Hold on. Now I'm now I'm saying it. Is that wrong? I think it's it's collection, but with a K. Yeah, it's Drew from Flunks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. All right, it's all coming back. (laughs) But they had they had some gaming features where um, because you collected when you collected a song, you actually collected the stems of the song, and rather than collecting the whole song, um, so then you could mash parts together and say you didn't want the vocals and you just wanted the sound, you could do that. Um, so they had built a pretty cool tool. Where my brain goes with this, and Nick, take notes in a second. So when Participate to Create and the Disco Fries collaboration with uh, Lena Leon came out, I mean, a lot of that entire like process, and if you know music engineering a little bit, most of that was stem files that were preset and like, you know, minus, and there was some custom attributes happening, like different modulations, and different effects and the cowbell being tossed in last minute and poor, uh, you know, you guys are going to figure out your thing on the fly. Everyone's requesting cowbell, but those types of experiences of like, this is a create and like, you know, having a longer series where people that join in get stem files from those like activities and they actually get like, you know, minted, you know, stem pals from that event. And then when they go into the actual event, they can vote with their tokens and everything else too. Cause technically that's kind of, it was very like new when we did it. I remember like developing it out and how awesome it was and where it could have grown. Like one of the big ones is like using the blockchain as a voting mechanism. You know, like one of the things that's solid is if you were to use Perspective to create and make a new track and maybe Nick's sweating right now, cause that was a lot of work. And I know that too. But having like fans and collectors, you know, collect their favorite stems. And then when they join that, you know, that activity and they use their blockchain, you know, you know transactions to actually vote and like burn off their stems to add it to the track as their voting mechanism. Technically, that's one way to integrate stems into, you know, songs. And if you make stems that are limited and minted only for that one track, once they're used up, you can't use those stems again. Um, which is really cool because then, you know, your collectors and your fans actually get to integrate like their favorite stuff and they technically melt their, you know, their stems down to make that track. And that's a pretty maybe heavy kind of thing from the, you know, engineering side, but it'll be super fun to integrate stems into like voting mechanisms. I'm showing myself, but we just did comic book voting with, with DC and, fans got to basically vote every single week, like twice a week on the actual art for a comic book. And they got to pick the you know style and they got to vote and see the tally totals. And it was a long, it was like 12 weeks of voting, but it ended up with a, you know, a bubblegum complete comic at some point, which is super cool. So yeah, I think Mike had something to say too, but. Oh, I, like I, I could just. I could yeah. feel the engineers across like my org and every org just dying inside when you were talking. <laughs> it's like, that is cool. But every engineer you've ever met is going to kill you for saying those words out loud. You can burn tokens off pretty easily to vote, which I think you is sure, like, where it'd be fun. You you sure burn, burning mechanisms. Yep. It'd be fun to see those like integrated in. Cause that's because stems are like, if you're not an engineer, it's music, enge- music engineer to say, and you're in the sound engineering, they don't mean a lot to people. You might like certain beats and certain tracks, I know one of my favorite tracks on Record Shop actually was Solar Stone's early kind of like first drop. It was little like samples from one of his tracks. I forget the name of the track, but it was like really, really cool. Like just like a small like like electronic music like rift kind of, and it just lasted like 30 seconds. 
but he had a couple of those dropped in there and they were kind of like mini stems and just like different layers to it but they were my favorite tracks to listen to because it could just repeat and play auto by itself and it was kind of fun but my my favorite record those were super me. relaxing too yeah it was like super chill and like things like that are kind of yeah, fun for like if like have it as a stem file someone can create their own kind of like you know beat off of it if they were you know understood that kind of you know building a track and everything else too but yeah, minus Mike screaming inside of the engineer's side. But, <laughs> <laughs> but this was like, yeah, I, to burn him off. I, yeah, my, this is, I had a long conversation with my CTO this morning, and they always start <laughs> like, everything always starts like super happy. And then at the end, he's just like, God damn it. And I'm like, it's okay. It's going to be great. We're just going to build everything. Um, I do. I have a uh, a Discord space at four. One of the one of the things I I had promised our community is that I was going to talk a little bit about some upcoming stuff um, before I tap out. Is that okay uh, for me to please? Yeah. Some alpha? All right. Cool. Go right ahead, man. All right. Uh, we obviously have the Halloween event that's going on now, um, so that should be kicking off like now, right now, or very soon to now if it's not already out live. So. Everyone have fun with that. Next month, we're doing a, a Thanksgiving event. Probably going to be very similar to the Halloween event. So we're going to do a lot of power tokens. We're going to have new sidekicks, uh, which you can earn by placing on brackets. And we're going to have uh, NFT rewards for the players that are playing. Uh, and one of those NFT rewards is going to be a murder turkey, even though I hate the idea. But the entire community has said that that's what they want. So you savages get your way. Um, we'll build that out for next month and there'll be more details to follow. Um, yeah. Is that a Thanksgiving murder turkey or just like a just general turkey themed? Oh, God knows. I hate it so much. <laughs> Does a real turkey get sent to the winner? I, I so. so when we first started, um, this will be my last note. It's incredibly gory and horrible. Um, there's a, uh, we were looking up carbon sinks when we first started because we we're like, oh man, everyone's going to hate on us because of carbon. Like, we need to figure out a carbon offset. And one of the worst carbon or- offsets I've ever seen in my life is there's a company in Australia that'll go around murdering kangaroos because they're massive sources of carbon. And they're like, yeah, you can offset your carbon with like a, a thousand dead kangaroos. And I'm like, that is the worst thing I've ever seen. So that's completely messed up, man. What the? Yeah, on that note, um, thank you all for having me. I really appreciate being on here. <laughs> what a way to go out, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you guys are the best. Mike, dude, that was quite an ending. I mean, like, I don't even know where to go from there, except I'm going to circle back on this this STEM topic to try to jog everybody's brain of the, the murder turkeys and kangaroos uh i don't know where to put that in my head um but thank you so much for coming on here and and telling us about that <laughs> i mean if nothing else <laughs> out of morbid curiosity i'm going into the discord on your end and, and seeing what's going on there because it sounds like you've got some interesting people it's uh it's a spicy discord um we have a lot of fun <laughs> we have a lot of fun um i really appreciate it guys i'm gonna i'm gonna get some more coffee and prep um but Super cool project. I'll be checking you guys out too and posting your details in our Discord. So thanks a ton. Thanks. Thank you very much. Um, I've just pinned a a tweet here for Dimension X's uh, Halloween event. So tap that to follow. Obviously, if you haven't already, 
please do give Dimension X a follow, um, as well as our other speakers up here today, uh, Amp NFT, Disco Fry, Spicy Tuna Roll, myself, Record Shop. Um, we appreciate it. Always helps to amplify. Um, before we sign off for the day, I think Oh, oh Amp, giveaways, giveaways. Yeah, Amp, Amp has got a, something that they want to do. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like every spaces that we do, we should be giving back to the people that – spend their time listening to us because you know we can waffle on and on man so i know we've kept it relatively short for this one but um the people at record shop have kindly gifted us some packs to give to you guys in the audience so we're going to pick two random winners and when i say we i don't think that i should pick because i'm i i, I I don't know who to pick. So let me just say Spicy Tuna, you pick one and Nick, you pick one random person from the audience. Oh my god. Oh my god. No, no, pressure. no pressure guys. <laughs> um first person to send a thumbs up emote gets it. I'm looking, I'm scrolling. First thumbs up emote. Hello? Oh. <laughs> I think it was okay. It's a, I think it's between Andy and Thiza. Yeah, I think Andy got it. I saw Andy. Andy got it first. Okay, it first. Cool. I, I know we're on right. a delay for speaking too. So like, if we're speaking, they're on like a five second delay or something like that. So I think it was. Andy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we, I always forget that. No, you're right. You're right. I'm like, why is no one giving me a thumbs up yet? I was like, damn, man, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, guys, it's fine. Yeah. Look at it. Look at it. Uh, totally. So. Okay, so Andy, Andy gets the first one. Nick, who's getting the other one? Um, let's go with a 100 emoji. First one to throw up a 100 emoji. Don't forget the delay. <laughs> oh, right. these? The Zava Vala Bala. Got it. You got it. I'm, I'm we glad go. I didn't read the rest of his name. <laughs> I just said Thiza. <laughs> All right, so the Zavala. The Zavala. Um, and Andy, can, um, you guys are following Amp NFT, Disco Fries, Spicy Tuna, Redbird, and Shop. DM me and I will get you guys a pack. Uh, so it'll come via a link. I'll be able to drop you a link in the DM where you can just go and claim the pack. You will need to sign up and create an account if you haven't already. But then once you've created an account, um, I uh, you'll be able to claim the pack and then you can open it and have a listen to the music that's in there, courtesy of Record Shop. So thank you very much. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, Lisa, any, uh, Lisa and Nick, any other kind of parting words? Spicy Tuna? So uh, real quick, to Spicy Tuna's earlier point, I didn't get to get back to it, but just really quick on it. Um, you know, after we did the Participate to Create event, uh, I talked to some of the team members, including Lisa, and we were really psyched on, you know, developing all that out further. Um, but really, like, Record Shop honed in and focused in on the creator suite uh, for scalability and to have, like, a real focus for the platform. That said, like, this is, uh, you know an area of personal interest for me. And it's, it's something like we've been thinking quite a lot about. And, and I talked to Lisa quite a bit about it too, and on how we could kind of bring this to other brands and, and, you know, engage creators with it. Cause I think it is the easiest way 
for creators to bring in web two fans. It's the most engaging way and it's the easiest way for them to do it. Um, and I don't think what you're talking about with stems is a reach. It's definitely something I've thought about even with just web two, where we're, you know, having producers drop stems in, uh, even a folder or Google drive. And then we use those live, uh, to, to create a track is, is something that's super doable. So, uh, happy to talk offline about it, but it, it's definitely something in our wheelhouse. Yeah, man, that was like, what is it? Like all the remix platforms, they give you like a wave or wave files, right? And like a, a zip file and you just down, I used to do the remix contest scene back in the day and you literally just download the zip file, but taking that same, you know, consideration into like web three, it's so applicable. And I think it's a better experience because it becomes a little more like hands-on and it's not just like, submit your track for a thousand dollar gift card to be poured or something like that too it's a lot more fun when people are engaging agreed agreed well thank you guys so much for hanging out of course thank you to lisa amp nft finn spicy tuna uh chris i see you out there thanks for hanging out and listening uh we do this every week every wednesday uh sometimes it's at three o'clock today it was at four o'clock eastern uh, but just keep an eye on the schedule. Reminders go up early. And of course, check out app.recordshop.com uh, for tons of new music, uh, new drops. There's a ton up there right now, including Nervous Records, DJ Rap. Uh, Lisa could probably rattle off a few others, but um, a lot of new stuff dropping every week on Record Shop. And uh, I'm Nick from the Disco Fries. Thanks for tuning in. Hey fam, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We hope you found it informative and fun. To learn more about Record Shop, visit us at recordshop.com. That's R-C-R-D-S-H-P dot com. <laughs>